Did you hear the news? MetroPCS is now Metro by T-Mobile. Now you get new plans with unlimited high-speed data all month long. All on the T-Mobile network. Check out the new Metro by T-Mobile today and discover the smarter way to get unlimited. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. During congestion, the fraction of customers using greater than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. And Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video streams at 4DP. Coverage not available in some areas. See store for details and terms and conditions. the Love Your Life podcast. My name is Stephanie. I'm a health and life coach, fitness enthusiast, entrepreneur, and a triathlete's wife. I am here to share my tips to help you create harmony on all aspects of your life, health, career, spirituality, relationships, and personal development. Every week, you will be inspired to create a life you love and deserve. Don't forget to like, comment, and follow our sponsors, Scribed, unlimited audio and ebooks for $8.99 a month and Rocky's Natural Body Products. Use the link in the show notes to sign up. You are listening to episode four of the Love Your Life podcast with your host, Stephanie. Today's topic is F that scale. Yep, I said it. F the scale. What scale are we talking about? That stupid scale in our bathroom or at the doctor's office that we step on and the moment we step on it, we dread the number or we get overly excited about the number or whatever it may be. We let that stupid number on that scale really mess with our heads and sometimes really mess with our self-worth or we let it define who we are as an individual when really we shouldn't. So. I want to talk to you or share my experience with that stupid scale that honestly I should just toss out the window but it would probably break into lots of little pieces because it's glass <laughs> all right so my assumption or a issue with the scale had started back when I was in high school and I was battling a lot of low self-esteem which led to disordered eating and that dumb scale was definitely a huge issue or a culprit in my disordered eating mentality. I would step on that scale almost on a daily basis. And I really let that number on that scale determine how my mood was going to be for that day. If it was number I liked, awesome, great day, carefree day, did what I want to do. If it was number I didn't like, I had a horrible day, pretty much ruined my day. I was obsessing about what I was eating that day. All I could think about is like, I got to stop eating this and I, you know, have to eat less food and maybe I'll snack on like carrots and celery and like lettuce leaves and whatnot, like a little rabbit. And then I would think about how many calories I would have to burn for exercise and what I would do as soon as I came home to be able to burn off any kind of calories I needed, it got really, really crazy. And as much as I'm not a numbers person and math is not my favorite subject, I really let numbers ruin my life almost when I was in um, high school. 
I was one of those people that actually knew how many calories was was in pretty much everything I ate. Like I studied the calorie content of majority of my food. And I studied the calories um, that it took to burn uh, by doing various forms of exercise. Like I actually, I don't even remember what it is now, but I actually remember studying to figure out like how many calories do I burn just by reading? And how many calories do I burn just by walking? And how many calories do I burn by cleaning? And it was just ridiculous. I became super obsessive and that skill definitely did not help along in that process. My obsession became so dangerous that at one point my doctor actually required that I had mandatory weigh-ins on a weekly basis to monitor how low my body fat and how low my numbers were getting and if it was to get below 100 pounds, which I was very much on the verge of that, he was going to admit me into the hospital. So that stupid scale pretty much ruined a lot of my teenage year life. And I still let it really define who I was even as a young adult going off into college and then so forth in my 20s and everything else. And then one day I said, screw this, like this is ridiculous. And I stopped getting on the scale. I stopped counting my calories. I stopped doing all forms of measurement. And of course, yes, I did gain weight, um, but it was a healthy weight. And I really just focused a lot of my attention more so on staying active um, and trying to eat healthy. And finally, when I decided to get back onto the scale to really kind of track things, I made a point to do it every once in a while. I think it was originally every few months and then it became like once a month. Um, And then it wasn't really more frequently until I decided I wanted to start to compete in fitness competitions where my nutrition coach had asked me to get onto the scale once a week. And that was difficult. It was even more difficult to get on the scale closer to my competition on a daily basis. And I had to constantly remind myself that this number doesn't define who I am as an individual. It's just a number um, and to not really let it worry me so much as it did before. Um, And surprisingly, actually, on my last competition, I wanted to come in at a higher number. Uh, My goal, um, 5'7", was to come in at around 120 pounds and to be like very more on the muscular side, leaner and muscular in regards to having more muscle versus body fat. But I really didn't want to be lean as regards to like the number on the scale being very, very low. And I remember coming into peak week, I was around 112. I actually took a photo and posted up on my Instagram account at that time to let people know that it was a number I wasn't comfortable with. And it was the first time it was a number I wasn't comfortable with because it was so low. Not on the high side, but it was so low that I was worried that I was going to have me relapse after years of me doing a lot of work on myself to improve my self-esteem to really focus on myself to get out of that disorder eating. I was concerned that that number was gonna have me relapse back into a disorder eating mentality. Um, But again, I didn't let it really affect me. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because I wanna share with you my story and my struggle when it comes to the scale. Um, Mine was probably opposite of a lot of other people where it was just an obsession 
that really caused me to go into a very unhealthy, very low body weight mentality, um, chasing something that was a really unrealistic goal for my body type. My body type is more curvy. So being as low as like 105 pounds, which was the lowest I ever been, was very unhealthy and made me look kind of like a walking skeleton. So back to like ways and or better, healthier ways that you can track your body weight. If you are going to use a scale, and I talk to a lot of my clients about this, if you are going to use a scale, I highly recommend only stepping on it one time a week. And I always say do it first thing in the morning after you have your morning elimination and try to do it with like the minimum amount of clothes as possible. <clears throat> Therefore, you get a really true reading. Versus like if you're coming in at the end of the day and you have all your clothes on and your shoes on and you jump in on the scale and you've now had retained a whole bunch of water weight, it's going to be inaccurate. So try to do it first thing in the morning after your morning elimination <clears throat> once a week and once a week only. If you really want to hold yourself accountable for your actions, I suggest weighing in on a Monday morning. Why Mondays? Because typically we eat amazing Monday through Friday. I've heard this so many times. Oh my goodness, I eat great Monday through Friday around lunchtime. And then Friday evening rolls around and you have outings and you start to just falter off of like, oh, well, I'm just going to go and have one unhealthy meal. And then one unhealthy meal turns into another one to another one to another one. And before you know it, you're back on to the like, oh, I'm about to eat healthy come Monday morning. <clears throat> As if the whole weekend was a complete blur. So by doing a Monday weigh-in, now you know that it's okay, again, to have one of those amazing meals out with your friends or whatever it may be, but maybe you'll just stop at maybe one or two versus like a weekend smorgasbord of just eating whatever was in sight. And don't feel bad. I do this also. So I have a tendency to be like, you know what? I'm about to go treat myself. And before I know it, the whole weekend's gone. Um, so even as a health coach and nutritionist, it happens to me too. I'm also the same person that when I travel, it's like travel calories don't count. They don't count. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. So be accountable even when you are traveling. Not telling you to take your scale with you because that's a little bit cumbersome and I highly doubt that you want to drag that stupid thing with you when you are traveling, but just stay accountable for your actions while you are on the road. With that being said, let's talk about other ways to track, especially, like I said, if you are traveling and you still want to be able to, to track your progress, or if you say, I feel exactly like you do in the beginning of this podcast, I want to throw that stupid scale off the window, and the only time I even want to see a scale is possibly when I'm at a doctor's office because they are asking me to step on it for their reasons, but I still can't stand that thing. So healthier ways or other forms that you can really kind of track your progress are measuring yourself. So grabbing a tape measure, and they are pretty cheap. You can buy them pretty much anywhere. But measuring yourself on a weekly or even on a, just a monthly basis, it doesn't have to be that frequent. Some of the areas I say to measure yourself are, are your neck, your chest, your waist, hips, both thighs, calves, and then both arms. And you wanna make sure that you measure both your right and your left side 
mainly because you'll actually find out that sometimes one side is larger than the other and it could be because um, excess fat or excess muscle but sometimes we always have a stronger side and a weaker side and usually it's dependent on which side that we write with so if you're right-handed your right hand would be larger or your right side would be a little bit larger more muscle defined your left side a little bit weaker and vice versa so tracking those things is a really great way to stay on track of your progress without having to jump onto the scale another thing is progress photos now I know what you're gonna say I cannot stand looking at myself in the mirror and now you're telling me to take a photo of myself yes I'm asking you to take a photo of yourself don't worry you don't have to share this with anyone unless you're working with a coach sometimes I will ask my clients to do this not because I want to sit there and um, nitpick at every little inch of your body trust me I'm not doing that but the reason why I want to do this is because it's a really great way to show you down the line how much progress you've actually made. A lot of times we look at ourselves in the mirror on a constant day-to-day -day basis and we don't see the small progressions and our body shape changing. We don't notice on a day-to-day -day basis that you know our <clears throat> abs are getting smaller and more defined. Our arms are not as wiggly as they used to be. Our legs are getting a little bit tighter and we see a little bit less of the cellulite or whatever it may be. We don't notice those things because we see ourselves every single day. But when you take a progress photo from day one to day you know, 60 to day 90 or whatever it may be, you notice a difference in how much your body has changed over the course of that time. So again, this can be as simple as taking a photo once a month keeping it for your own record and now there's so many different apps that you can get that will actually be able to show you you know the difference between day one and day 30 and the difference between day 30 and day 60 and day 60 and day 90 or whatever way that you or however often you want to track so <clears throat> when you're taking progress photos make sure that you're doing it with good lighting and I would always say um, take a photo facing forward to the side so let's say forward to the right side back and then to the left side and I want you to get both sides because I have done this many many times and I've seen my clients do this also is where we take a photo side and then back photo and let's say we take it from the photo from the front and then on our right side and then the back photo and that's day one and then two or three weeks down the line when we decide to take our next progress photo we're doing front left side back well difference is you're looking and comparing your side shots from your right side on day one to your left side on day 30 or 60 <clears throat> it's really kind of hard to see that changes because your mind is like uh <laughs> it's not the same side so being able to compare side to side <clears throat> on your right side on both times and on your left side on both times, you can really notice the, the subtle changes or some of the more dramatic changes in your body. And if you're worried if someone's going to be scrolling through your photos, simply save it into like a cloud drive um, someplace or someplace that's a little bit more secure so you don't have to worry as people are scrolling through your photos. All of a sudden they have these photos of you standing in a bathing suit or in your underwear and you feel very uncomfortable that people are looking at these photos or just tell them not to be looking at your photos on your phone 
none of their freaking business anyways, right? That's a really great way. So if you're gonna not do the scale, I would say for sure do some measurements and another one is to do your progress photos. Another really great indication is how does your clothes fit? I mean, seriously, like how does your clothes fit? Do you notice that your shirt is tight um, in certain areas like around your chest, your abs, underneath your armpits, you know, right around your, um, your sleeves? Do you notice that it fits tight one day and then a little bit looser another day? Or maybe your pants are starting to fit looser around your waist, around excess material around in your legs, excess material around your calves when you're wearing leggings. Those are all great indication that you are making progress. And finally, one of the biggest indications for progress change is nothing really in regards to how much, how do you feel? So the reason why I say a really great indication on having a better health is how do you feel? Because we always focus on how we look and not so much on how we're feeling. Are we sleeping better? If you're sleeping better, your health is improving. Another one is, do you have more energy? <clears throat> if you have more energy, it might be because you're either sleeping better or you're providing more nutrients to your body with the food that you are consuming and you're naturally feeling a little bit better. What's your endurance like? Maybe you were having a hard time walking up the stairs or running or whatever it may be and you can just push yourself a little bit more. That's a really great indication that you are improving. Another one is, what does your skin look like? Were you having breakouts? Were you having a lot of dark spots, a lot of imperfections in your skin, um, exposed pores, all these things, and now it feels like it's glowing, smoother complexion. These are also great indications that your health is improving. So a lot of times we focus so much on how we look and not so much on how we feel. And we get so caught up again on that number on that scale or those measurements or whatever it may be, what size we are, whether we're size you know, 14 or size two or everything in between or everything above and below or whatever it may be. And we're not really focusing on what our health is like. Um, so are you stronger than you were before? Like that's a really great indication. And I used to love being able to track my progression in the gym. Simple things like originally I was I was picking up a five pound weight and the five pound weight might have seemed very difficult for an exercise and then five pounds became 10 pounds and then 10 pounds became 15 and then 20 or whatever it may be. Seeing that progression on how much weight I'm able to increase in the gym. Or another thing is like body weight exercises. Maybe I was only able to do a few push-ups and now I'm able to go from like one or two push-ups on my knees to being able to do one or two push-ups on, on my hands and my feet to being able to do 15 push-ups or whatever it may be. These are all really great ways to indicate or track your progressions and stop focusing so much on that stupid number on that scale really like that number does not indicate how much you have improved on various other forms such as strength and endurance another really great way depending on if you're having a lot of health concerns is to be able to track other numbers such as your blood pressure 
your cholesterol levels, um, your blood sugar intake. These are other really great ways to track. And then if you are dealing with a lot of like high cholesterol or heart disease or diabetes, you're probably already tracking a lot of these numbers. But still, to focus more so on that and reducing those numbers than focusing so much on, oh my goodness, the scale is not um, going down. Like I said earlier, there's a lot of things that really can kind of like determine the number on the scale. So let's discuss this a little bit more in depth. Why I don't really like the scale as a form of determining if you're progressing or not. Some things that can really affect the number on the scale is your lack of sleep. If you're getting four or five hours of sleep one day and then another day you're getting eight hours of sleep, you might notice that that scale fluctuates. Uh, mainly because you're not fully resting and your body's cortisol levels are a little bit higher. Another thing is how much water intake are you getting? The more water you're drinking, <clears throat> the more your body's able to flush out excess water weight. If you're not drinking enough water and your body's dehydrated, it's going to retain water weight because it needs it in order for it to function. Another really great thing is like it's starting to get a little bit warmer where I'm at, so the hotter temperatures, if we're not constantly keeping ourselves hydrated, you might actually see that number on that scale go up. Other things um, can determine it. How much are you drinking? Have you gone out again on a Friday and Saturday night and drank a lot and then get on the scale Sunday or Monday morning? Yeah, you're definitely going to see a change in that number on the scale. So do yourself a favor and don't <laughs> go crazy because all of a sudden you get on the scale and that number has increased after a weekend of partying. That is very, very, very normal. I always suggest people, if you have gone for a weekend of partying or maybe you went on vacation and you overindulge in a whole bunch of stuff, <clears throat> don't get on the scale. Again, with dehydration, your salt intake. Are you intaking more sodium? Sodium, of course, will cause you to have excess water weight. So these are all some of the factors and there's many other factors that can determine if that scale increases or decreases. Stress, um, how much stress you are having throughout your life, whether it's through work or whatever it may be, that can cause that number of the scale to go up. Another thing that people don't think about, because of course, anytime you think about exercise, you naturally think, oh, if I'm exercising or lifting weights, that means that um, I'm going to be uh, losing weight because naturally every time you do form some form of exercises, you're burning calories. I've had and I have seen numerous of people who have started a new exercise routine or for the first time in a very long time they started to weight train. All of a sudden, in those first few weeks, that number on that scale either doesn't budge at all or it actually increases and they start to panic because they're like, what am I doing wrong? I started this new exercise routine. The whole point of me exercising was for me to lose weight and now I'm gaining weight. Like this is not what I expected. Don't panic, don't panic at all. Your body's going through stress. So naturally when it's going through stress, it's becoming inflamed, you're getting the cortisol levels up. Those are all things that are gonna cause that um, number on that scale to either stay the same or to increase. Stay the course, stay consistent with your diet and stay consistent with your exercise routine. I promise you that number on the scale will 
start to go down. I've had a few clients that have had this happen to them before. They panic, I tell them to stay the course. And then after like two to three weeks, all of a sudden they just drop down anywhere between like 10 to 15 pounds. And they're like, oh my goodness, like it's a miracle. All of a sudden this weight started to fall off. And I'm like, no, it's been falling off this whole time. Your body has just been storing it as water weight. So don't worry so much about that. Same thing happens if you um, notice that you have a plateau. A lot of times, and I'm guilty of this too, you plateau on your um, progression in regards to like your weight. So you're saying like, I have a goal to lose 20 pounds and then all of a sudden 10 pounds in, it doesn't seem to budge. Um, so instead of panicking and trying to like do a whole overhaul on your diet and a whole overall in your exercise routine, still continue to stay the course. Maybe make slight, very, very slight changes, increasing the repetitions, increasing the sets, you know, maybe decreasing the amount of calories you're having just by 100 calories a day, um, increasing your water intake, small little slight things, maybe adding an extra little bit of a cardio burst, but nothing too crazy. And I usually say changing just one of those factors instead of all of them and seeing if anything changes. And typically after maybe a week or two, your body will all of a sudden flush out all that excess water weight and you will again magically disappear with like five to 10 pounds. It's not magic, it's just been going on this whole time and your body decided that it was gonna flush it all at once. It's called the flush um, and so some people might have experienced this. Um, so don't panic. Um, the reason why I say make a small adjustment to just one of those things is because a lot of times we decide that we're gonna adjust everything. We're like, we're gonna adjust our water intake and we're gonna adjust our, um, our diet and our exercise and we're gonna throw in some extra like weight loss supplements and all this stuff. And you have no way to determine what was the factor, what was that one factor that really caused that shift to happen in your body? Because you like changed everything. So you can't really pinpoint, was it like my diet that I needed to improve on? Did I need to like cut out something in my diet? Or maybe I needed to like increase the amount of exercise I'm doing or increase the amount of water I'm drinking. You don't know because you changed up everything. And trust me, I have been guilty of doing this and this is why when I'm competing, I will still always hire a professional um, trainer along with a professional nutritionist to help me with my competition prep mainly because yeah I know how to do it myself but I need someone to remind me not to overthink the process and not to like jump ship all of a sudden when it's not going the way I want to stay consistent consistency is the key and you've probably heard of this numerous of times but seriously consistency is the key to success and so um, having that accountability partner for me having that coach having that trainer to tell me and to remind me of the things that I already know but just to remind me like hey Stephanie I know you're frustrated don't change things it helps and I tell my clients the exact same thing so um, I'm one of those big people that I'm a coach and I hire coaches because I see the value in it I definitely do. I need to have that accountability partner. Um, so I hope that this episode was helpful in letting you know that you're not alone. I mean, if you hate the scale, trust me, 
you are not alone. There's other great ways to be able to track your progress that doesn't require you stepping on that dreaded scale and seeing a number that you don't like or you do like or whatever it may be and having it either make or break your day. Um, Again, you can um, also, oh, this last factor I wanted to tell you guys about is a body fat analysis. Body fat analysis is a really great technique that you can do. And sometimes you can get those scans at the gyms. Um, Remember that you want to stay consistent with the um, method in which you use. So if you're going to use a caliber or you're going to do electrical impedance or um, do something like an in-body scan um, or whatever it may be, you want to stay consistent with it. So you don't want to do calibers one time and do like an in-body scan another time and see that there's going to be a differentiation um, between the numbers. It's always a margin of error. So stay consistent with it as a measuring method. Um, Same thing with staying consistent with whatever measuring method you decide to use. But if you are interested, I really like um, having like the in-body scan. I have a device that I use a lot of times for my clients and for myself. It's called the Sculpt, which one of my friends had told me about a while ago. I don't even know if they're still in business or not. But I think that that's amazing because it allows me to be able to scan both my right and my left side and see what areas have more muscularity, more body fat, and which areas I can be able to focus my training regimen on. I'm also able to track uh, my body fat over the course of time to see if I need to make any adjustments, minor adjustments in my diet. So that's a really great technique to do too. Either way, find whatever technique works best for you and just use it. Stay consistent with it, track it, um, figure out how often you want to track it, whether it's on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, and just try to hold yourself accountable for that. Again, you do not have to use a scale. By all means, if you want to toss that scale out or donate it or sell it the next garage sale, do it. Um, Because you really don't need to have that as a way of tracking a lot of different types of things. Um, Of course, your doctor will continue to use it, but don't let that um, scale mess up your, your, your mood. Um, it's not, it's really, really, really not worth it. So I hope you found that this podcast was very helpful and letting you know that you're not alone. Um, that there's other people out there <laughs> that probably hate that form of method. So again, F the scale, find something that works best for you. And as always stay healthy in everything that you do. If you ever um, want to reach out to me, there's various different ways of doing that. And until next time, I hope you have a lovely and wonderful life. Thank you for tuning into Love Your Life podcast. All information and links for this podcast can be found in the show notes. If you like this episode and want to continue the conversation, you can email me at info at fitnesswellnesslife.com. And for more information to living a life you love, follow me on Instagram at FWL underscore Steph and on Facebook at Fitness Wellness Life. As always, you can schedule a free 30-minute call with me by going to www.fitnesswellnesslife.com. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in next week for another inspiring episode. Don't forget to like, comment, and follow our sponsors, Scribed, unlimited audio and ebooks for $8.99 a month, and Rocky's Natural Body Products. Use the link in the show notes to sign up.
This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs, introducing the new Firehouse Pub Steak Sub with savory steak, crispy fried onions, and our rich Belgian beer cheese sauce. On tap for a limited time. Order yours at firehousesubs.com today. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase. Progressive presents Get Pumped. Inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, time out. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. Here's some music to get you pumped. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.